Thanks again for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. Subscribe to the YouTube channel, hit the bell for notifications, upvote, comment, and join our subtext community. We don't get information a lot, but when we do, we put it there first, and they also do a lot with like mailbags and things like that. So join that subtext community. I think it's like a 14-day free trial at the moment. I'm here with Pratt Rogers. We're talking... Kind of the comings and goings of Ole Miss football. How you doing, Pratt? Man, I am great. Glad to be here. Lots of comings and goings of Ole Miss football. Exactly. And speaking of which, coming, um, Keon Coleman is slated to visit tomorrow, or today, I should say, um, as this airs, because we're recording yesterday, as you listen. Um, But he intrigues the heck out of me. He's a good player. If you watch video of him, his catch rate is he's, he does all the stuff that Chris Marshall, who just got dismissed, did for Ole Miss. It's, this could be a like-for-like replacement if Keon Coleman comes on board. Steven, no doubt, exciting stuff. Look, Keon Coleman was a guy Ole Miss was all over in his initial recruiting cycle, I want to say in 2020, maybe, uh, maybe 2020, I want to say, 2021, mm-hmm. whenever he – kind of first came out out of high school. But, yeah, to, uh, like you mentioned, a uh, great athlete, played college basketball. I feel like Ole Miss even spoke to him about playing basketball at some point. Um, long story short, he's 6'4", 215, and that is like 100% what we are lacking at receiver right now. I think you've touched on it in a prior podcast that we've got a lot of you know, speed demon slot guys that I think would be great playmakers. But, you know, Chris Marshall was at least a bigger body. I know we'll use Trig kind of at that wide receiver role, also a bigger body. But I'm excited to get Keon Coleman with some experience and and, and, uh, a bigger target to throw to for Dart, hopefully. Uh, Absolutely, indeed. But we'll see how it goes. Um, There are the big boys that are involved in this Keon Coleman recruitment he's visited Florida State I think he's going to end up going to places like Alabama and USC before all this thing is said and done but we'll see if Ole Miss can close the deal when he's on this visit this weekend if not the longer it goes the worse chance it get now prep Jamonte Waller received a crystal ball I think from 24-7 sports of him to go to Ole Miss now I, I have long since said between Camarion Franklin and Jamonte Waller Ole Miss was at least getting one this kind of looks like that might be something that is happening. I mean, huge. And huge is an understatement. Um, I think you're right. I think it was David Johnson who put in uh, confidence of six. I think even Zach Barry with uh, on three has mentioned that he's probably about a 60% confidence as well. Um, it's definitely trending in the right direction. Usually the quarterback is kind of the – the guy that everybody rallies around in the class and the quarterback recruits others to come to these, whatever school X, Y, Z school and come play with him. And usually he's kind of the leader for the class, so to speak. I could 100% see Jamonta Waller being that for Ole Miss this year. I think other guys will piggyback off of him. And we have talked ad nauseum how loaded this 2024 class is for Mississippi athletes. I mean, would be, huge to get him on board get him on board early 
and give him time to go rally the troops and get everybody else excited about uh, committing Ole Miss. And this coastal group that is being recruited, that that is like Jeffrey Rush, um, Jamonte Waller, Chris Davis, and the real white. Um, they're all together. They're really tight-knit for whatever reason. And if you just follow what they're doing, they might look separate, but they're kind of going together. Real white throwing with Damon Williams at the Elite 11 this weekend was a major deal because, honestly, I think there's a better chance that Ole Miss gets all four than they get only two at this point. Well, there's a lot of quiet confidence for Nereal White right now. Um, there's no doubt a lot of people are deeming him on flip watch and in favor of Ole Miss um, away from Arkansas. So that's definitely, definitely exciting and kind of points back to what you're saying, Stephen, of look, while this may not be quote-unquote a package deal of all four of these guys together, we're seeing a lot of trends that would point that everybody would be really excited to be together, and this may be a big combo for the Rebs. Yeah, I'm, I'm super excited right now for Chris Davis. Uh, he, he blows me away. I, it, I, I, I don't know if there's anybody else maybe besides Damon Williams in this class that I'm as excited for as I am Chris Davis. I, I just really like him and what he can become in college. Well, I feel like we don't even really know. We've talked about this as well, but I don't. I feel like we don't really even know what Chris Davis can do, mm-hmm. um, and that's just strictly because he was playing behind Dante Dowdell last year. He's now at Oregon and was a huge priority for Ole Miss, and we we missed on last year. But I mean, he was a top two hundred back. So you sit there and say he had to split carries last year with a with a, a, a blue chip guy. I mean. I'm excited to see what he can do in in college when he is the guy, you know. So uh, I think that that the the ceiling is very high for a guy like Chris Davis for sure. I feel like we have not not scratched his surface yet. Yeah, and and the Picayune Maroon Tide, the offense that they run, that Chris Davis is going to be featured this fall in, is almost a throwback to like Les Miles at LSU. They run a lot of the same stuff, so – it would not surprise me if Chris Davis put up 2,500 or 3,000 yards this year. I mean, seriously, they are going to use him. It, 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 I think he could put up stupid numbers this season. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, that's truly ridiculous, but I wouldn't be surprised either. And real quick before we get out of here, transfer portal quarterback offer, Kaleeb Johnson, Louisville quarterback. Now, after Scott Satterfield went to Cincinnati – and they brought in um, Jeff Brom, obviously the type of quarterback changed. So his ties to Louisville wouldn't have been the same. Now, Kaleeb Johnson did not have an Ole Miss offer when he went through regular recruiting. Uh, I looked that up on 24-7. He did not get that offer. So the fact that Ole Miss is offering now is at least interesting, don't you think, Prop? No doubt. I think it's, it's just weird. Clearly, you don't want to be spending NIL money on a guy that won't play. And if he's our fourth-string quarterback, he's not going to play. So it's kind of either one of two things. It's either, one, somebody's exiting the QB room, and we just don't know all the details yet. Um, And uh, Caleb or Khalib Johnson would be your, um, your backup for him, your refill for him. 
Or option two is just, you know, Kiffin's a madman and just super excited, quarterback hungry to go get every QB transfer and stick it to everybody else, you know. Just doesn't make a lot of sense to me unless this guy's just looking for a, a secondary opportunity and a fresh start. But, look, Spencer Sanders didn't make a whole lot of sense to me either. So, uh, you know, that's why I'm not head of uh, head of the Ole Miss football program. I, I, I'm excited, though. I mean, I, I hope that it works out. And I think more will come on that in the next week or two. Is you got to suspect somebody's exiting the QB room, Stephen. Yeah, and it sounds like it, because, but the biggest loser besides Chris Marshall, when Chris Marshall got removed from the team, was Jackson Dart, somebody that needs weapons outside the hashes to throw the football to. He does not use the middle of the field. So if you take out a weapon on that side of the ball, on that side of the field, it becomes problematic. And then Spencer Sanders is the zone read guy. Spencer Sanders would have been the better quarterback to run the offense that Ole Miss ran last year. If Ole Miss was going to be forced to do the same thing, Spencer Sanders would be the better fit to do that. So Chris Marshall taking a weapon on the outside, on that side of the field, is interesting at least. So if Keon Coleman ends up not coming, because if Keon Coleman comes, it's a one-for-one swap. It's, they're the same I guy. think you're actually in a better spot, Stephen, because mm-hmm. this guy's, you know, played more than three games in college. Mm-hmm. Keon Coleman was is, is been around and done it, you know. Everybody mm-hmm. is so excited about Chris Marshall's upside mm-hmm. and what he could do, but let's be real. The guy played three games in college and has been kind of a walking liability ever since then. Mm-hmm. Um, so, look, I think – it may be maybe a spin zone here, but I think it's a little bit of an upgrade if you can land Keon Coleman. Yeah, and also if you land Keon Coleman, I'm about back to say it's advantage Jackson Dart. That's a big signee for Jackson Dart. That makes his role more enhanced than where it was after spring practice to where he would be diminished a little bit if the outside gets a little bit weaker. That's my point there. Um, no doubt. I get it. It's real interesting to do. I'm doing um, post-spring report cards. I did the offense, and it was all glowing reviews. I actually had comments like, hey, you can be negative on these, Steve. And I was like, well, just wait a second. Next week, we're going to talk about the defense. And it's been question mark after question mark after question mark. Defensively, what's the biggest question mark you have? I have so many question marks. I have so many question marks, Stephen. Um I think I would probably say my biggest question mark has got to be linebacker. I mean, and it's just, there's nothing that I can sit there and vocalize and say, this is why I feel like linebacker needs so much help. Other than I just, I really don't know what we're looking at right now. We talked about the Jack position a hundred times on the show and that that's just completely a position we do not have at all. Um, I just got to believe that, you know, some of these, I, I feel like, you know, we were running a, uh, a six DB uh, set previously. So you've got to assume some of these guys can, you know, pivot maybe from safety to corner or something like that. And we could be okay in the secondary. I just, I, I just am worried about linebacker and, you know, I, I think that's got to be our top priority. Uh, we had been 
cautiously optimistic about uh, Jameer Lewis, but I think that ship has sailed. And anyway, I think I think we gotta gotta go find a linebacker somehow, some way. Yeah, that that if anybody wants to look for positions in the transfer portal that um, on the defense, yeah, look at the linebacker position. They're going to try and find one. I mean, I heard Isaac Uku, who's an edge. He's more like a Cedric Johnson or Jared Ivey. Um, but I heard his visit went pretty well, but Auburn feels pretty good about him. So there's just some big boy moves happening in the transfer portal department, and everybody just needs to be wary about that and, I don't know, do the best they can. I don't know. Steven, I'm with you, and I feel like mm-hmm. we're going to be looking uh, at the start of the 2020. Uh, season and say look I hope that Sunterine Perkins really can come in and get some meaningful minutes and same with Aiden Williams and mm-hmm. I feel like that's not a fair thing to throw on a freshman but I feel like we've just that's kind of where we are what, right now you know, you know what um, normally if you wanted to say, think of like 2012 thinking counting on a true freshman I can understand how people would be nervous to do that but after Judkins, after Tysheem Johnson, after David Snigmanosin, I'm expecting one or two two freshmen to come in ready to play, and Perkins and Aiden absolutely fit that bill. I put my eyes on both of those, and Perkins has been the best player on every field he has ever stepped on, and that includes the Under Armour All-American game. And Aiden Williams, just unbelievably smooth. You can tell that the Mesh Academy folks, Mike Espy and Shea Hodge, they've done a fantastic job with the receiver talent in the state of Mississippi. They need to be commended for the work they're being done. that's being done. So all of that put together, I do think that Aiden Williams can contribute as a true freshman. It's not outside the realm of possibility to almost expect it. And Perkins, I mean, you're counting on Perkins. You're counting on him as just like he's a sophomore at this point. I agree. And I, I, you know, I don't know if that's fair to him. I don't know how to look at that other than he's just that much of a talent that you almost have to rely on him. If you're a Bama, if you're a Georgia, you don't have to, you've got five other guys that are just as good, but where Ole Miss sits right now on the defensive side of the ball in a position of need, I feel like he is probably, you could go out on a limb and say outside, maybe Jackson Dart or, one or two other players, he's probably the most influential, could be the most influential person on the team before he even steps on the field, strictly based off what he can do and what he did in high school and the position that he plays um, in a position that we just desperately need, um, which is kind of sad to say. Uh, one thing that I would be interesting to see, and, and he weighs about 215 pounds, if you can get him to 225, which I don't know if you can by the time the season starts, but if you can, 225, 230 with all the athleticism, I'd be tempted to play him at Jack. You don't have one. He's a super football player. He can dominate the line of scrimmage. I think you could just take that outside linebacker defensive end and just turn him loose um, during the season. I, I don't hate it, and I think if, if we can get a playmaker on the field, I don't care where you put Perkins. It doesn't matter to me, but I just feel like we're we're so inept at linebacker that we've got to find a place for him and let him go do his thing and make plays. I mean, that's honestly how I feel about it. Um, I think we've been talking about this guy for, you know, gosh, probably since he was in the ninth grade. Everybody's been all over him since then, and 
you know, if, if, if it's time for him to kind of step up and show show Kiffin and Co. what he's made of, you know, whether it's fair or not, not that's a conversation for another day. But I think I think he's going to step up and make an immediate impact day one. All right, thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. Every day or tomorrow on the show, we'll have Derek Vandegriff or John Gillespie. I'm not exactly sure which one now, but one of them will be on the show and we'll continue our post-spring report cards looking at, I think, the defensive backs, one of the defensive back sections we will talk about. Anyway, thank you very much, Pratt, and um, we'll see you next week, buddy. Sounds great. See you, man. All right.